Hey, Future Barn buddies. Is that a weird thing for me to call you, uh, listeners of the Future Barn podcast? Um, just trying it out. Um, anyhow, welcome to this, the ninth episode of the Future Barn podcast. I'm very excited to have my friend Jesse Bearden on. Jesse is um, one of the uh, smartest, uh, most thoughtful people I know who is curious. Um, and it really comes through here, and it's funny because I knew this was going to happen where this is going to kind of be an introduction episode to my relationship with Jesse, to the way he thinks and the way we think in relationship to each other. Um, and I know there'll be future episodes where we dig deeper into philosophical ideas, deeper into the things we're reading, into the things we're thinking about and the concepts um, that we deal with. But this is a really great introduction into um, the way I see Jesse and as he's trying to be a better person, uh, and and um, in honor of this podcast mission of kind of sussing out what it means to be a good person in Elwood, I think um, talking about Jesse's growth as a person and uh, future trajectory is really important. So that's kind of what we get into here. Um, so thank you to Jesse for being here. Um, I should give a shout out. I use... Um, through the Anchor app, I use Creeping Pink uh, song, Free Yourself, um, which Creeping Pink is is the project of Landon Caldwell, an Elwood resident, um, so support his music, uh, and yeah, so thank you um, for everyone for listening and for being here, uh, and if this episode inspires you to do anything, it's it's to continue to examine how you think and the processes under which you think um, and make choices and hopefully good choices in your life. Um, So, yep, thank you for being here. I just am naturally kind of stingy and naturally kind of... uh, uh, hunter gatherery. I think I still have that in my in yeah. my jeans. Um, but yeah, Jesse Bearden is here um, to talk um, about lots of things. I'm sure, <laughs> as we always do. Yeah. Jesse is a good buddy of mine. We play basketball together. We play basketball together today, uh, and we also always end up talking more than we play basketball. I think sometimes. <laughs> um, well, so, Jesse, the, where I want to start, and the reason I wanted to have you on here is because um, the project of this Future Barn podcast is to talk to people who I consider to be good people. That's as basic, because I'm wondering what it's, how to be a good person in a place like Elwood. Okay. Because um, Elwood gets a bad rap. Elwood has a lot of problems. Elwood, but I want to be here, and I'm happy to be here, and I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to be the best version of myself here. So I'm trying to talk to people sure. who are also trying to be the best version of themselves. And in some cases are seemingly the best versions of themselves. <laughs> um, and where I want to start is you said something a couple, you said it a couple times to me and it kind of broke my heart. And you, and you uh, said this thing about you're known in this town as a drug addict. And I think that that is not fair and I think that is not true. And I understand why you think that. But my thing is, 
because of your behavior as a younger man, not sure. now. And I see you as one of the most intellectual people and like a true like thinker in this town. And I think it's really important because this podcast I'm realizing is also about modeling and uh, kind of uh, advocating for good thinking. I think we have a lot of bad thinking Agreed. in this town. Yeah. Um, and you do a lot of good thinking. And so I, I want the town to see you and I want you to see the town seeing you as a good thinker. So I just wanted to start there. Okay. I mean, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, sorry to kind no, of throw you in there. No, but no. This is how I do. It's um, all right. So first off, those are all really very flattering compliments. So yeah, I will yeah. thank you on that. Yeah. And, um, in the past, just to kind of knock that first part out of the out of the way here. In the past, I've I definitely was a drug addict. Yeah. And I did less than savory things. Yeah. And that was kind of when I was actually more involved in the public. And so, you know, because of that, you kind of get this self. I mean, there was a point where it was a self-realization and I had a choice. I, I'm, I guess I'm lucky as it was either continue down a path of destruction yeah. or change. And I changed and I can't even give you the exact definition of, or the exact reason where, why, how. I mean, I had a plenty of hard knocks throughout the whole thing sure. to push me in that direction. Sure. But, excuse me, uh, but there was a, a moment that it just clicked and so afterwards you kind of carry around that stigma where there is that feeling i mean i don't know if it's an underlying guilt it, you know a part of that's most certainly true yeah, you yeah. know and the remorse that you have for even just for me on a selfish level yeah. time lost yep right and so i have always had a feeling of you know not reaching my potential which is still true and i think that should be a way of feeling in a healthy way for everyone because i feel like we should always be striving for more yeah right whether it be in a niche thing that you're good at in a market job uh -huh. life getting better and so that yeah. that actually resonates really well with your goal with the podcast is, yeah you know trying to learn how to be and <laughs> maybe not the best wording but like just to be a good person in a place that no i think a good person is we should all try to be decent human beings. Like, yeah. that's the base. Yeah. It shouldn't that be the basis of what we're trying to do? It is. And I think the interesting thing is I think that there's an argument to be made that um, everyone is. It just depends on how small you want to make their group. Okay? Because yeah. everyone loves their family and their close friends for the most part. Yeah. And sure, there's some shit bags out there. But, yeah. I mean, we kind of all, as a society, operate on the idea that most people are good for the most, most of the time. At yeah. Least, right? And, yeah. Um, so the other side of that, thank you. I, I, I like to think of myself as being intellectually inclined. I, I, I think of myself as an intellectual omnivore, right? It's, yeah. part, it's, been, it's something that's actually been holding me back quite a bit is because I like to consume, yeah. right? I'll consume yep. as much things and I get enamored by yep. cool things here and there. And then all of a sudden I'm like, I need to be making a career goal or I need to be yeah, doing this yeah, yeah. and real, you know, real life gets in the way you and it's get, like yeah. crap. So, um, well, yes. So kind of to your point about, you know, not quite sure how it happened and you said it, but there was a click and I think probably part of it was that kind of unleashing of that curiosity and of that. And I was reading, uh, 
someone that we both admire, Sam Harris, he has a new book called Making Sense, and that kind of collects some of the best interviews um, from his Making Sense podcast. And there's this David, I guess it's Deutsch, um, D-E-U-T-S. Deutsch? David Deutsch? Deutsch? I think it's Deutsch. Deutsch? I think so. I've heard it's of David Deutsch. David Deutsch. And he says, he's talking about knowledge, and I thought this was really interesting. Um, and he says, knowledge is critical by nature, not accumulative. So he's th- thinking of it, it's not this thing that stacks up brick by brick, he later says. Yeah. But... Um, it's a great slew, he says, it's a great slew of inconsistent ideas, and thinking means wondering about in this slew, trying to make the ideas that seem the most seriously inconsistent with one another consistent by modifying them. So, um, like making excuses almost is kind of what I got. Maybe I misinterpreted that, but making what do you mean? Like it can be applied to that, like where you're using. Like he's not saying brick by brick, you don't just have this vast array of bricks that you can pull from yeah. and knowledge, but it's using and applying them and modifying things how you want them to fit yeah. into problems. Well, I think solve. it's also this really scary notion of that this misconceived notion that like you do this and you you add this to that and then you just add up and you're building this house. But you're really kind of like kind of like a garage sale where you're like, here's all the things I've accumulated. Yeah. Um, or not necessarily accumulated, but here's all the things that I'm dealing with and they can be matched in this way. And, and you're like, oh yeah, I can, look, I can add that glass to that table and it looks this way. You know, you can, yeah. add, you can rearrange in a certain way. It's like rearranging furniture. Jack Spicer, the poet, had this really great idea uh, about poetry that he said, uh, poetry wasn't really about creating, it was about you have all these pieces of furniture in your mind and then aliens come in and rearrange them, and that's the poem. (laughs) And that's kind of how it feels sometimes making poetry, but it's kind of the idea with uh, you just have this furniture, and it's getting rearranged, and it's being, like he says here, like uh, George says, you're you're wondering about in this slew. I like that a lot, and you're trying to figure out what's going on. So, um, and it kind of reminds me, too, of... uh, you know, the popular, or like Sam Harris and all his people, their notion of consciousness as being, consciousness means like there's, means that there's something to to being that sort of person, to being that sort of object. So there's something that there is, that it means to be a bat. There's right. something that it means to be Jesse Bearden. Yeah. There's something that it means to be my dog, Jenny. Like, versus like, there's probably not something that there is to be, you could argue, this lamp, but... Whitney would argue that. Whitney might argue that. <laughs> Jesse's partner, Whitney, might argue that. Um, but, but, you know, there is that. So, so right now, there's this, there's this thing that it is to be you, and it seems to be this very, uh, like, you, I love this omnivore idea. You're consuming, and you're, and you're trying to... Yeah, find. it's not like, so, I mean... I, when you were saying that, I had this kind of image in my head of, of, of uh, the childhood game of the pegs or the, the circle and the circle slot, right? Like, yeah, it's not that, right? That's, yeah. that's kind of what that is. It's, yeah, it's yeah. not just that. It's not just all triangles, squares, circles, and they yep. have to go in this one slot. Yeah. I mean, and that's very true. Um, but I mean, yeah. And so when you start talking about consciousness and that kind of level, we all kind of... I mean, it's at the base floor, right? Like you have to kind of make, you kind of have to admit that if anything is real, yeah. you know, that your perception of that is real and, yeah. and you're floating through that. So, yeah. but um, yeah, there's a, what I mean, to be me, I don't know. I mean, yeah, the omnivore aspect is, and that's, and that's what it is. I mean, I, 
I'm doing the same kind of thing that you're doing. I'm going through a journey uh -huh. of self-discovery yeah. and trying to be better, trying to make sure that I feel like I've lived a fulfilled life. Yeah. And it is difficult in Elwood. Um, Elwood has a lot of baggage to it. When I was in Heron in college, yeah. I, I used to tell people I was from Noblesville, you know? <laughs> Interesting. Because I didn't want to have the conversation yeah. with the stigma that came yeah. behind it. I mean, yeah. there is some grisly, gr you know, grisly stuff that happened. Yeah. We, we, you know, we're aware, but um, uh -huh. it's difficult also with the lack of resources. Yes. Um, well, and that's something that I admire about you as well is you mentioned Heron. So you did a... You, I see you did a little time when you went to prison. You did a little time at Heron. But as someone who spent, uh, I spent a decade steeped in academia right. with my undergrad and then grad school and then by proxy with three years at a seminary when my wife was in grad school and I was immersed in that as well. Uh, and so I find your, for lack of a better term, lack of education, but still with this high intellect and this high curiosity and energy for knowledge and uh thinking i find it so fucking refreshing <laughs> well, um because it's not wrapped up in this like egotism that ha actually happens a lot in academia it's not wrapped up in this uh moving up the ladder getting a book public it's not it's not wrapped up with that it's it's a sincere it's a sincere curiosity knowledge sincere, for knowledge sake yeah and i think that's really amazing um, so how do you find your, how have you been able to get your resources, be it people to talk to, be it, um, be it books to read, be it recommendations, be it whatever. So <clears throat> the real simple answer to that is internet. I mean, yeah. right. Technology amazing. is amazing. I, I say this all the time to people. If you think this isn't the best time to live in the history of ever, yeah. you're just flat out wrong. Yeah. You know, um, it's probably means you're not using it right. You're not using it, your resources like your yeah. opportunities right and um but but books certainly uh graphic novels i mean any any type of media because we, we all we we get bogged down in academia and i yeah. mean there's a lot of talk right now in intellectual circles about how academia is kind of not really in the most optimal state that it could be that's no, a nice that's a nice way to nice put way it. to yeah. put it okay it's very um, exclusive right it's very um it's very wrapped up in some of the wrong arguments. And the culture that it leads to afterwards in the career-oriented paths yeah. is <clears throat> destructive and pre uh, predacious, right? Yeah. Like yeah. it's very much so. And yeah. uh, you kind of have to play that political game. And so now, I mean, that's where you get all the kind of media where you know we're at this point now where everybody wants to be placated to. Yeah. Now that that's an issue personally in my life. I don't know if it's because of the way that I speak or the way yeah. that I I am intrigued. Like, I get a lot of shit sometimes for always having something to say about something. <laughs> sure. <laughs> you know. Sure. And you're like, well, <laughs> screw me for being informed. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it can be a negative trait because of I. I've been told that I can like kind of yeah I could smother somebody. Yeah. If I get know. called college boy one more time, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna haul off and hit somebody. Uh, I know that feeling. Um, but it's funny because what? Because you also like play basketball and you're a bartender and you like and so you have those sides as well. Those like less, for lack of a better term, intellectual sides. Sure. And you, and you, yeah, you like to get rough and tumble and we like to goof around and and. And, but then you also have this side that really admires 
knowledge and thinking and all that and uh yeah and well, and it's like well s- screw me for being a well-rounded <coughs> person is also well, you know like being well-rounded um so because i think that is also part of living a a fulfilling life is i don't i see well, these people i saw these people who just it was like their life was poetry or their life was that like research and it's like and it's like, yeah, what do you like to do otherwise? And they have no, they can't answer. So there's a couple of points there. Like, first off, I just want to get this out as like, let's, I mean, half half of it is that I'm just lucky, okay? Yeah. And, and this is not a okay. lost point on yeah, you yeah. because uh, I was born beautiful. with yeah. the opportunity to have all of, well, I had all my limbs. <laughs> yeah. um, and then, uh, you know, just, just every my physical package that I was gifted with, yeah. you know, like I just including got including your mind, including my mind. mind. I yeah. just got lucky, and I was also lucky enough to have a mother that helped cultivate that. It worked really, really difficult. You yeah, know, it was like, you know, it wasn't easy. My father passed when I was five. Yeah, you know, we ne- it wasn't a, a factor. My mom was always working, and um, that also led to me wanting to consume knowledge and media and I always found everything super interesting you know Uh just as a kid with like zoology books and things like Mm -hmm. you know life on this planet is it's mind-boggling yeah I mean it's absolutely it's incredible and there's so much knowledge to be had out there and um, I think that so just being lucky is kind of where I attribute that to and then the rest of it is not so much due to me, but it's really more due to the natural wonder of things out there. Not yeah, only is the yeah. planet beautiful, but humans are crazy insane. Yeah, and yeah. just, it's so weird, you know? Yeah. And at the same time, like space blows my mind. So uh-huh. all you have to do is look up and see Venus one night and yeah. realize like what, I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and, and break it down even further, like, to ha- have the sort of neurons and other my neuro- neurological things that I don't know the names of yeah. that work right to make you want to see that and that make that appealing to you and make, uh, yeah, yeah, is also like really interesting. So those are great. Those are great things to say for sure. Um, but I do want to give you credit for that, and that's why <laughs> it's so funny. I, I sit here trashing academic academia for 10 minutes and then i also recently told you i want you to go to to school (laughs) because i just think it was the same way for me it was even though i had some rough moments even though i have grievances with that the back to resources yeah the college university library is unbelievable well just the culture Um, yeah the the yeah the um, right now is a little tricky. I wouldn't suggest sure. going back now. <laughs> but uh, but you know, like I was going to poetry readings, and I'd, I'd go to anything. At when I was at Ball State, I went to. I, I ended up seeing some amazing people just because I was like, oh, the biology department's having a speaker. Let's go right. see what that's about. And sometimes it was awful or it was boring. <laughs> sure. Uh, but sometimes it was like incredible, and um, just the those opportunities of the people and of the books and of yeah. Cause I mean, for me. At both UT and at Ball State, uh, the access to the library was un- was just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, especially as a poet, you know, with no bookstore in sight. Um, around here, I was like, oh, I don't ha- even have to buy it. I can just go check out, like, up to 20 books of poetry. Right. And I just devour them. And that was just so huge for me. And so I just, I just, 
you're doing so great. And I was just like, oh, just the extra challenge of, of being around people who can challenge. Like you have your people, yeah. like Whitney and me and some of your other buddies. But th- well, we had this conversation. If I don't, sorry, yeah, I don't mean to cut you, you off. Use it whatever. But, yeah. But we had a conversation where, like, I expressed this to you in a you know one night we were after got done playing ball where, like how grateful I am to be able to have a conversation with you and not feel like that I am um, taking some an idea too far. Because that's what yeah. I like to do. I like to take things to their logical yeah. extremes. It exposes yep. holes and stuff. Yep. And so where I, you know, I sit here and I say I'm just lucky that like I was kind of born, you know, that way. And then, uh-huh. you know, my personality and opportunities just so happen to kind of take me in the direction of wanting to learn things. Yeah. Maybe there was a cynical side of me once that just, you know, wanted to be the smartest guy in the room, but it's not necessarily that. Yeah. It's more about... I don't because, see a lot of ego in you, like, well, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. well, I thank you. But, in that in that regard. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, I definitely, it's definitely there, you know. Of and, course. and I do like rough and tumble play, and I am an active and physical person, and like... The culture of being in academia or just in a school setting where you're surrounded by people that you're going to eventually bump into that are going to have a hungry mind as well. Yeah, yeah. And that's the kind of thing when we go back to resources. It's the library is a thing, right? The, just the, the teachers. Think about the incredible resource that the teachers actually yeah, yeah. are. Yeah. And then the people that are around you, like I said, the young developing minds. That's an atmosphere, not just a culture too, right? So like there's like this little pocket, a bubble. Uh, and that's something that Elwood doesn't have. Be- sure. Be- and, and the resource side of that is something that, that you need. And so to kind of bring that full circle, I was actually having a conversation with Whitney about this. There are people out there that just don't find things interesting, right? Yeah. And, there, and like you said, like, at the start of the podcast, um, where people that are seemingly just being their best selves, where they just, they know poetry is what they want to do. They yeah. do it a full fledged. I know people like that. Yeah, they blow, yeah. they blow my mind. Yeah. There's like, they have no indecision yeah. at all. And it's just full go, go, go. Uh-huh. And in a good way. And so I don't really know the exact answer of, I think it comes down to some people, depending on your inclination, have a more difficult time nailing down who and what they want to be. Yeah. Right? Well, we live in this kind of go, go, go society. It's all in your face because it's, you got 18 years and then you're in college and then it's, then you're straight into a job and family and the whole, you know, so some people just are less introspective and that's not a bad thing. It's just a different thing. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, for me, I don't really know how, I don't really know how I became that way. I guess it's literally, it was just the fact that I find things intriguing and I like to be able to, I love people. Yeah. I like to be able to talk to somebody that knows this and I can engage with them. Yeah. Um, Well, yeah. And I think, and I think oftentimes people think that this like interest or this, uh, this like, uh, this hunger for knowledge or whatever has to be on these big levels, right? I mean, we do. You and I talk about consciousness. And, yeah, we and haven't these, got into the metaphysics we get, yet. We get into that, but um, which I don't even know if we're qualified to talk about, but we do. We talk about it. <laughs> Certainly and, not. Because we want to. But, um, but I even think on an everyday level, like it's really important 
to just I in a previous podcast I mentioned like it's a, such a simple thing but a therapist said it to me a few years ago and it really blew my mind and it's like that you have feeling or like a reaction like something happens and you have this feeling and then eventually you have to make an, a choice and an action you take an action right. but before that you need to have thoughts and you need to have an inquiry about that thing before you make the action so often people just oh, i have this feeling i want to punch this guy yeah or i have this feeling i'm quitting my job mm-hmm. um versus like considering consequences considering context considering all the myriad of things that you can consider when making an informed decision and that can be from you know yeah the decision to quit your job the decision to uh who to vote for decision whether to pick not, up a pop can you know yeah I a mean. little yeah <laughs> Uh, or the decision to, drink, too far, to, to but... drink today or not. Right. Uh, and so I'm just thinking on an everyday level, and it reminds me of earlier, I asked you if you'd retell the story, because you told, <laughs> no, will you yeah. retell it? Yeah, absolutely. You, you, t- tell you, told us some, you told this long, elaborate story, <clears throat> and the whole story is this woman stole my wheelbarrow, and I had to call the police to get it back. But the way yes. you told it, un- uh, revealed, pulled back the curtain for me, on the on the way you think about things, and I think it's a really important way to think about things. Um, and be it wasn't just a uh, woman stole my wheelbarrow. I'm pissed off. I call the police. Right. That that you took time to think about it, to have inquiry, and to consider the consequences, consider the circumstances um, of that. So do you mind telling? No, I don't okay. at all. However you want to tell yeah, it. Okay. I mean, it's it's a, it's a funny story. It's not funny for this woman at no, this point. No, of course not. And yeah. so, but just get that out of the way. Yeah, you know? we're not but making fun of no, this person. No, it's just the situation. I'm more interested in your thought process. Right, I know, yeah. but uh, I don't want to just leave that out. Mm-hmm. So, no, thank you but, for saying that. Absolutely. Um, so, uh, my girlfriend Whitney, her she had a flat tire car, and so we we put the donut on it, and so now it's going to have to go out to Sean Townsend. Sh- shout out to Sean Townsend. <laughs> shout out to Sean Townsend. <laughs> Looking for sponsors, no. <laughs> um, but uh, free oil changes, no. Uh, so, so we're gonna we're gonna drive. I'm gonna follow her car out to Sean. She's gonna get new tires put on. She has to go to work. It's my day off. So, we get out there. We're on our way back. We stop at Rickers. We're gonna go. I live right behind Rickers. Mm-hmm. Essentially, it's close. And so, I'm just gonna walk from Rickers back to the house. Which is gonna take my Impala and drive it to work. You know, no big deal. Well, in our backyard there, it's right by our um, driveway, I have a compost station. And so this is where I compost to do a lot of gardening. And, Uh you know, um, so I have my great grandfather's crappy old wheelbarrow. And we had been (laughs) using it, doing a lot of work on the house. And so I had sat it by the compost station. It's in the compost station, rather, Uh on top of it. There's an old window on top of it as well that needs to get thrown away. Funny part about that too, I don't think I told you this, Matt actually told me one day when we were working that somebody was gonna steal that. And I said, and I literally said to him, I said, nobody's gonna steal that thing, it's a piece of junk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, you know, so fool on me, you're fool, you know. But anyway, so as I'm walking back, I walk out of Rickers and I turn the corner and I'm going back there, there's a lady out there and she had a milk crate, right? I don't know Uh where she got it from and she had a bunch of flowers and she had a wheelbarrow. She gives me kind of a, a real quick look, and then all of a sudden she's going down the road. Yeah. And I kind of did like a double take, you know. I'm like, I said, is that my wheelbarrow? <laughs> and she goes, no. 
real quick like that. Yeah. And so there was one of the ladies that worked at Rickers outside and I just hollered to her and I said, hey, is that a, is that a red wheelbarrow? And she said, it sure is. And so I asked her one more time. I just kind of walked right behind her. She was, you know, 20, 30 feet away at this yeah, point. Yeah. I said, ma'am, are you sure that's not my wheelbarrow? And she said, no, it's not yours. And I let it go. So I then walk and I'm like, I know it. I mean, at that point I knew it was mine. It was just the coincidences. But you of, said. But I didn't. Yeah. So hold on. So here, the, yeah, yeah, so yeah, I yeah. didn't. So I, so I, I want to make sure. <laughs> so I, so I go this back there I and, I, and I tear through my yard, right? And it should have been in that one spot. It hasn't moved. I haven't used it in two, three months. Okay. Yes. So I tear through, I go all the way around the yard. I even went in my house <laughs> to make sure that that wheelbarrow wasn't in yep. there. Okay. So afterwards I'm like, that's crazy. This lady just jacked that. So I hop on my bicycle. So. I ride around, kind of find her. She went way out of her way. Okay, so anyway, so I followed her from a distance, not engaging her, just kind of looking at her. She saw me, you know, once or twice, and I was just out riding my bike. Yep. So I kind of followed her, and I found out where she was at. It's where she lived. So I, I kind of ride around. I watch her. She rolls it into her backyard, takes the flowers out of it, Rolls it, sits it right, next, sits it down, takes a bunch of old wood and puts it on top of there. Sure. Kind of looked like she was just trying to make it seem like it had yep. been there, right? So I ride around 10 minutes. I'm just kind of thinking, I'm, maybe not 10 minutes, it was five, but walk, I ride around and her area was very kind of dis, uh, discreet. It was various, it's in town, but it was like just not a big open area, sure, not a main sure. road, okay? Yeah. And so, I ride around and I finally ride up and I ride there and she's outside planting flowers. And I yeah. said, hey, are, I said, are you sure that's not? <laughs> I love that you're not like, are you you're sure? not like, give me my goddamn wheelbarrow back. <laughs> yeah. You're like, I said, are you sure that's not? And you're giving her the chance to think. Yeah. Because she's showed the capacity to think because she put the wood on. Oh yeah. Like, so she was like thinking through this whole thing yeah. the same way. And you're giving her chances to reconsider. And yeah. I, and Okay, yeah. So, so, so I said, are you sure that's not my wheelbarrow? And I said, because I, my great-grandfather has a wheelbarrow that just looks exactly like that. And, now and you're appealing and to emotions. And it, yeah, and it's, yeah, and it's yeah. just, and it just came up missing. And you just so happened to be walking right by my house. And she said, no, it's not yours. I got it from a friend. I was across the street. And I said, and I said the lady's name, the neighbor. Yep. And so uh, she said, yeah, that's, I was over there. And I said, okay. I said, do you mind if I look at it? Yeah. And she said, no, go ahead. This was in a gated, like wire fence, whatever thing. So I got off my bike. I didn't, I didn't go onto her property because you just don't know with people, you yep. know what I mean? She gave me permission, I could have, whatever, but I didn't. So I walked around and I took a picture of it. <laughs> it's my, that's my wheelbarrow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I, like yeah. and the best part is, is that it's literally sitting right next to a brand new wheelbarrow. Oh, uh, yeah. It, I mean, it's bizarre. Just brand. I yeah, mean, that's bizarre. Okay, so anyway, so I ride around for another five, ten minutes, yeah. and I'm thinking, I'm like, what, like, what the heck? And I, I'm in my mind, I'm like, should I just leave it? I mean, like, she really need it, you know? Like, she need it more than me. I don't ever really use this. I have a nice wheelbarrow at home that I use. Yeah. And it's like, but I'm like, screw that. This is like on just on principle. It's. A yeah, principle, I mean, it's the yeah. principle of it. It, yeah. it is weird. Listen, my, where I live is an awkward area. 
okay? I get people trying to sell me a, a microwave, you know, like weird stuff, okay? <laughs> so it would have been weird if she had knocked on my door and said, hey, you know, what do you want to do with that wheelbarrow? And I, it would, you know, I'd have been weirded out, but I probably would have been like, five bucks, it's yours, you yeah, know, or yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, that didn't, that's not what happened. But so. Or she could have just went home and got her nice one. Yeah, yeah um, exactly. It was. If she, if she again. And it's not a far walk. Again, yeah. But if she had, ooh, I have these flowers. I need a wheelbarrow. Right. Here's one. Or. Oh, I'll be back. I could think about, I could go get that one. It's just a, and that, this is just like, it sounds stupid. This is like a simple thought exercise. But this is like the one that clearly people aren't doing. Yeah. Of like. Well, thinking it but, through. but you got to think about the other side of that too. And I'm not making any accus accusatory statements here, yeah. but I mean, that may have already happened and she just still she wanted She chose the other one. Okay. Yeah. But so anyway, so I ride back yeah. and I'm there and I'm, and I take the picture and I ride around for a minute and I decide, no, screw this. I'm going back. And I went back and this time I, I did, I said, I know that that's my wheelbarrow. I said, you got two choices. Yep. You can either walk that son of a bitch back down there. <laughs> yeah. I said, or we'll go the other route. And I told her I had cameras, but my cameras actually didn't have her. They, they didn't catch what was going on. Yeah. But regardless, um, so, you know, I said, or we can go the other route. And, and I got on my bike, engaged my pedals. And as I started By other to route, pull you away, mean police, not and I, I'm going to correct in the head. Correct. <laughs> yeah. I meant the police. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And so... But she didn't know that, I guess, at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So, and I guess that's something to think about. I didn't think about that really. You didn't but, explain I mean, what you I meant did. By yeah, <laughs> the other but, route. Yeah, yeah. And, you didn't like um, flex that. Or no, did you? no, I didn't. <laughs> I, no, I just I did the glutes, and that was I'm it. Put on a, the bike. I'm gonna put a headlock. On. <laughs> um, but I, I said it's your choice. As I rode away, yeah. You know, she clearly heard all of it, and you know, she yep. she was acting very. She was very engaged in digging her own flowers instead of dealing with this 30-year-old man that's accusing her of taking okay. a wheelbarrow. Okay. Okay. Not, you know, if somebody comes onto my property and accuses me of stealing somebody's wheelbarrow and I'm planting flowers, I'm going to stop and engage them yeah. and talk to them and be like, what are you talking about if I didn't steal your wheelbarrow? Yeah. But anyway, so then I rode around for another 10, 15 minutes and I went home and I called the cops, right? And called the non-virgin. Yeah. So the cops show up and... Um, talk to me, I tell them the whole story, no big deal. And then they go over and they talk to the neighbor lady. And so they wake her up. Of course, she's kind of out of sorts. She wasn't expecting this, asking about a wheelbarrow and flowers. Yeah, yeah. Because they were acquaintances and they okay. had, she had told her at some other time that she can get starts out of her flowers. So okay. this lady, but the, the neighbor didn't tell her to do it then. And so she had no idea that she was there. So she took it upon herself and was there. And she also didn't just take starts out of the neighbor's flowers. She took her solar lights and like some trinkets off of her porch. This neighbor's porch is very nice. It's got flowers okay. and stuff. Yeah. And so then she... She helped herself. Then she's walking back yeah. and sees a wheelbarrow. Yeah. So anyway, cops talk to him, this and that, and <laughs> talks to the neighbor lady and then comes back and... Um, asked me for some, you know, if I could describe it. And I said, well, it may have HG on the bottom of it, but it's a red one. And I said, and this is really what, this is really what made it is me being able to be observant and descriptive was I said, Whitney had had rocks sitting in this wheelbarrow for months and months and months. Okay. And it was sitting out in the yard. So it got rained on. And so where you could see where these rocks were laying on this metal uh -huh. and the oxidization had happened, right? Uh -huh. They had oxidized around it. And so about 
50% of the way up and on the bottom, it was kind of rusted. The rest was red. Uh, I see. And he was like, that's a pretty good description, you know? <laughs> and so, and, but you know, we're both kind of laughing, like not at her, just at the situation. It's a, it's something simple that has turned absurd. Absolutely. I would is, never, I would never even press charges, you know, yeah, I, yeah. but I mean, but at this point, this is a three hour ordeal for me in yeah. the beginning of my day on my day off, you know? And, yep. <laughs> and so yeah. they made her walk it back down. Which is, I think is hilarious because do they actually have the authority to make her walk it back down? I think they probably gave her a choice, but I, um, like that is just a, that was a funny description of like, it just felt so like juvenile yeah. of like, you have to walk that back down. It does. And, um, which you had given her the same option to walk it back down. And I love, <laughs> I love, no, I love this sense of like, uh, like it's like a walk of shame right? where like, and I just wonder if that, I know you're, you're itching to talk about bigger things than this Wilbur. No, 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 um, yeah, it's fine. So I'm just thinking about this, like, I'm just thinking about the whole psychology, the whole situation. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, but I, no, I, 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 what I, what I think is just interesting that like, you handle that situation pretty well. Like you and never, and you're telling him never did you like, I didn't like, threaten her, threaten her or, or freak out or, yeah. or it only really escalated because of time. Yeah. You know? So, uh, so that's just interesting. No, I just yeah, thought that was an interesting th story. It is. It, of something that happened in Elwood. <laughs> and it, it was so weird. And, and the lady did apologize because she walked it back and then the neighbor was out, started yelling at her, you know, told her, hey, you stole these little things, these little trinkets, whatever. And called me over because I, st I stayed on the other side of the road when, it for when she first brought it back down and she wheeled it into the neighbor's yard. Oh. And so I had to walk back over there. I just told the cops, hey, I'll let you deal with that for a minute. And then I walked back over there and, and was like, is this yours? And I was like, and the weird thing is when I first picked it up, I was like, there was just like this weird feeling of like, oh, did I screw, you know, like there's a fear, like did I screw up, is it not mine, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yeah. how bad yeah, would that, yeah. how would you feel? Yeah, you know? yeah. And I was like, this is my freaking wheelbarrow, yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And the cop's just looking at me like, shaking his head, like, and the girl, she what, she didn't seem like she was on drugs, you know, it was just like, it, it was so strange. And she apologized, but um, the psychology side of it, it's weird because I gave her two choices in the first part and she didn't, she chose neither. And she never, and she yeah, got yeah. both. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. she still had to walk it back down. And you, and, and we you went got, the other way. Yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> Um, and then some, I guess the power of inaction. The le less, lesson here is to just slow down your thinking. <laughs> just slow down uh, a little. Don't slow it down too much. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe she. Maybe yeah, maybe she should have sped it up a little. Yeah. Um, maybe that's what it was. Um, well, yeah. Well, I know another thing we wanted to talk about. We started talking about earlier today when we were playing basketball was um, you and I both have strange uh psychological things and uh when it and we kind of kind of started talking about dreams and you said you have uh a lot you've always struggled with nightmares my whole entire life um and how does that i was thinking about this after we parted and before we met back up um because when i have i have like i call it what i call them like oh i'm like emotional uh 
clusterfucks or something yeah. <laughs> where uh i have the i like relive like painful memories or i or i create painful memories uh and or i like i see clearly my bipolar episodes um in my dreams right. and that's just really and they really affect my day yeah do your nightmares like really affect your day or at this point are they just like not anymore. They yeah. used to. Yeah. So they hindered me from sleeping. I mean, and I, I, I will go as far to say as I had a fairly healthy fear of sleeping for a while. Okay. Like, um, mainly because you never know. So there was this uncertainty of, you know, how bad a nightmare would be or this and yeah, that. Yeah, I had yeah. one reoccurring dream that was really terrible as uh -huh. well. Um, but, I mean, they don't really affect me too much especially now and not for quite a while and I, I will say that i like if i drink like i thought for a while there was a good chance that i drank more than i should because it would when you drink you don't dream like for, yeah like if i if i get drunk i don't dream if i fall asleep yeah, you know? yeah yeah and so um there's a side of masking it and whatnot but i've oh that's interesting uh so you like kind of oh, like over self-medicating i do yes because I, I have that too where um where i can't sleep and i like i get in this like but i know if i drink or it used to be with smoking pot right where I, if i could just sedate myself yep i could i could actually get some rest mm -hmm. and but then that's its own so like that, catch 22 or whatever you want to call it yeah uh yeah there's yeah. a vicious cycle that's there that's yeah. like if you self-medicate for some sort of ailment, whether it's sleep or anything else, that then you, and it may mask it. There's a difference between helping and masking yeah. it, right? I think the proper terminology there is really important. Because, oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, because then you get, it's a positive feedback loop, right? That's yep. exactly what it is. So, I mean, then you become, you know, it's easy to build a habit. It's hard to break one. I mean, there are mm -hmm. actual numbers out there where it's like if you, it takes like three to seven days to start a habit yep. and like three to seven months to stop it. You know, wow. yeah. I mean that I'm, I might be exaggerating. No, I, I know. Yeah. I, I was thinking it was seven to 10 days for, to start a habit, but somewhere around there for sure. Yeah. And, but yeah, that is a good point. And I'm sure, yeah, break, I mean, it only makes sense that breaking a habit takes a really long time because right. yeah. Cause we, we see it in everything from addiction to weight, yeah. issues and eating issues and um yeah so uh, yeah so, so to, to keep going with that yeah. um the that was more that's more of a consequence of me having introspection about maybe this is why i you know started do, doing why i did drugs when i was younger why i was more inclined to do them or why I, you know i felt the need to do them and then thinking about it more as you get older and like, it's not like I was afraid of, that's just like an excuse almost, you know what yep. I mean? But it definitely has some validity and like a reason that may have helped somebody rationalize. Cause we're always all rationalizing things, mm -hmm. you know? And that's yep. how we, just like you were talking about that, it's not a brick house, it's yeah. a garage sale, <laughs> yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, so whatever helps, it helps. And people will take that route. I mean, most people like the path of least resistance. And in a lot, yes. there's an argument to be made that that's, it's the most efficient way, so why wouldn't you? But when you're talking about negative things or something that creates a positive feedback loop, then clearly it's bad. Yeah. And so um, it doesn't, they don't affect me anymore at all because 
I have a realization that if I have a bad dream, what's interesting with my dreams and kind of always has been is some dreams you can clearly find links to in your own psyche, whether it be from the previous day's experience to something uh -huh. that you've always thought about as a kid or yep. you just love giraffes and so you dream about <laughs> giraffes, you know? Yep, yep. There's a psychological component to dreams that is undeniable, yeah. right? And then your mind just distorts these things and they take this kind of free fall of images that are happening and just plucks them out every once in a while and throws them together. That's why you get weird stuff in dreams, you know, yes. or, or weird perspectives or weird uh, geometry, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so they, they don't affect me because I know that it's tied somewhat to like something psychologically that's going on. But I started to look at them as more as um, little mini movies at night. Like, you know, and I, I'm a horror buff. I love horror films. Okay? <laughs> okay. So like my nightmares just kind of became this weird little thing where it's like, well, that would be a cool kind of sci-fi fantasy little, you know, trope that you could put out there. And So you kind of took the power away from them in a way by yeah. kind of re, like, re, it's kind of how when you're like working through trauma, right? You, it's uh, past trauma, you are, you're taking the power away by contextualizing it by, by, uh, Cognitive behavioral yeah, behavioral yeah, therapy. not giving it the yeah, tre treating it in a certain way, um, uh, yeah. And so I wonder too. Does you've mentioned? I know you brought your uh, dream journal. Yeah. Does that? When did you start doing that? Because I wonder if that helped you kind of take some power away from it as well, because it became a thing that you got to process and write down as a. So yeah, I didn't. I haven't been doing it for very long. I would say it's been only six months, and I actually haven't been doing it for the last three months. Okay. So the one thing though that my brain is really good at doing is something that's impactful, or if I find something incredibly intriguing, yeah, it never leaves. It's always there, mm -hmm. and so I have some. Uh, I have so many dreams that I just remember mm. because they were so dramatic. Yeah. You know. I have um, a few of those from my childhood. That I almost don't need to write them down, but That's some funny. of them I do. And I've found out recently that I've been dreaming a lot more um, that, uh, that you need to write them down because if you yeah. don't, you will forget some of them. And some of them are so weird and cool and kooky yep. that are minor yep. that it's like, it, it can just be like a half a pair, you know, it could be a paragraph. It can be a, a one page description, yes. you know, and yeah. then you're done and you've, captured the idea and that's really kind of all you need uh -huh. um so but i would say that i wouldn't say that it was because of the journal because i coped with that a long long time ago because i've had it since i was a kid okay you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah and so i had to find a way yeah and i guess the way that i did i coped with it was um, well, one, I didn't sleep well for a really long time, like yeah. all the way up until I went to college and even uh, past then. Yeah. Um, I've always, was always kind of a night out yeah. and I'm not anymore. I'm getting, you know, I'm going to be coming an old man, but I also, in, I love the mornings. Yeah. So, and I need less sleep than I did when I was a kid. Oh yeah. So I think I need more. Do you? Yeah. I'm just, I think I'm just getting old. I mean, sleeping is nice though. It's so freaking <laughs> nice. But um, I have a lot of pain and my shoulders and my back from injuries. So yeah. if I, if I sleep past six hours, my body is telling me like, dude, 
you're you're squishing me like yeah, you yeah. need to get up and move uh, so that also you know contributes to why i don't totally. sleep or i don't lay in bed as much anymore so so what's one of those dreams that you mentioned that like you'd never had to write down because because it just sticks with you is there, there is there one of those there's a couple of them yeah would you like tell us one sure i know telling telling people's dreams is not always exciting but i think no. we can get one good one. Oh, we i can, can give you a couple we, we can get a good one let's get i'll give a good one you give a good one so you go ahead first Let me, i'll give you two let me the okay, first one i'll one. tell you was the reoccurring dream that sucked when i was a kid okay okay so there's an artist out there <clears throat> named alex gray you have ever i don't know alex gray okay alex gray is great he does these kind of like chakra like astral plane okay type of ones and there's one that in particular that is helpful to contextualize the image that I will then now portray. Okay. Um, it's of a man meditating, trying to achieve an astral plane, you mm -hmm. know, existence or whatever. And Alex Gray, the best way that I can kind of describe it, um, Alex Gray does a good job with the line work in that piece. So check it out. And Alex Gray is just an amazing artist in general. So, okay. but um, is if you think of like, of just a cube like a box but mm -hmm. think of it like being uh represented in a digital form so it's like got like lines yep right and so it's like just all lines on all four pl or all planes uh and on all faces <clears throat> and but they're kind of like staticky right they're like electric like electricity yeah. so like in like a video game kind of thing right uh-huh and uh i was in the very center of this room and there were two giant boulders on either side of me. Okay. Okay, and the boulders would drag against the the, the ground, the lines, uh -huh. and make like an electricity, like a like a staticky kind of grindy noise. Yeah. Okay, and I was tethered to them by my fingertips on my index fingers. What age when you started having this? Oh, I would say eight, nine, wow. something like that. This is intense for a, that psyche yeah. of, of an eight-year-old. Um, and uh, those boulders would rotate in uh, in circles, and kind of like a, a in like a spiral like kind of circle, right? Yeah, yeah. As me being the point, like the point of gravity, right? And those they would get closer and closer and closer to me as they would drag, both coming towards me until I could just almost touch them. And I just was that's all I wanted to do was touch them, and I would get just a centimeter of and then wake up. Wow. And I had it every night for like ever. I mean, I had it for so long. And then it was like not every night, but every once in a while. Yep. And I just remember like, oh God, it was the worst. Cause it was the noise. It was yeah. the static. And then obviously the lack of release of being able to touch the boulder when that's the only thing you want to do. Yeah. But, um, <clears throat> Whoa. so yeah, it was, it was not that's... a, it sucked. It was a terrible dream. <laughs> That is, yeah. When was the last time you had that, you think? Oh, it's been years. Years yeah. and years. Probably at least at least 15. But what a, like, visceral and, like... 12. And, yeah. like, uh, what a visceral and, like, stunning image for a child to have in their brain. I guess. I, I don't think. know. I know. I know now. I'm thinking, yeah. like, in retrospect, like... I'm thinking like it, and it, like obviously then that sucks and obviously right. it's terrible, yeah. but um, but just as like a, just thinking about psychologically like that was in your brain 
uh, and your brain was able to create that. Yeah. Um, for whatever reason. And it was weird because it, it, it was, what was weird about it actually <clears throat> is that it didn't have any of those kind of telltale indicators of <clears throat> dreams being, <clears throat> pardon me, <clears throat> being tied somewhere to something that had happened to you previously, like in the day, Yeah. right? Cause like I was not in those, the room doesn't exist, you know, like it's yeah. not a, like, it's like the matrix room, right? Yeah. Like, and like at the end of the matrix, when Neo sees the matrix in his like Neo way, uh -huh. right? And <clears throat> it's like lines and codes and stuff. It was like, you know, kind of like that, but, and then just two boulders, like, I mean, the, so I don't know. Yeah, that's, but, that's intense. Okay, let me tell mine real quick. Yeah. Mine that I can't, I keep thinking about, especially since I moved into this house. So this is my grandpa's house. And uh, when I was a kid, we lived here for like six months with him uh, when they were building our house. And after we moved out, I started having a lot of dreams about this place. Okay. And after we moved into our new house, and I had one, it was probably like two or three years after we had lived here. And for some reason, my grandpa had married... Alice, that was her name, right? The Brady Bunch. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, made, and I, and for some reason, I had a pet monkey. And these are both things that, like, I just instinctually knew in the dream. You know how when you have yeah. dreams, and you're like, no one explains it, but it just, I knew my grandpa had married her, and I knew I had a pet monkey. Okay. And I, <laughs> and I was looking for the pet monkey. I was walking around the house looking for the opening each room, and I opened a room, and she was vacuuming up blood. Oh shit. And she's like, I haven't seen your monkey. And then she closed the door on me, and then I woke up. That oh, was the whole dream. It was so bizarre. That's it terrible. Was, it was so bizarre, but, I, <laughs> but 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 I just will never forget that because it's like I just yeah. That's the thing I'm interested in with like art and stuff is like how I probably had been watching the Brady Bunch because I remember I went through a phase where I was really into TV Land when I was about twelve. I don't okay. know why. Right. And and then I'm sure I wanted a pet monkey at some point, and so. <laughs> And combine that and threw it into this house and um yeah it was just it's just one of those where you just you just wake up and you never really forget it you know yeah i mean it's it, it is interesting how to think about how the brain uh like what made that dream the one that you remembered and other all the other odd ones that you just wake up and you forget you yeah. know yeah. is there a psychological aspect to it is it because of environment that yep. you wake up and you just immediately got stuff to do like you know if it's your day off you're more likely to remember the dream like yep. you know what i mean yep. <clears throat> yeah There's so many sorry i have so something stuck no, in my good. throat take a big <clears throat> I, I, I recently had lost yeah. my voice for a couple of oh, days. Oh, yeah, you said that. Yeah. Um, that's no fun. Just from working and Especially like, when you like to talk as much as we do. I know. Um, Seriously. Uh, but did you have another one you want you yeah. to share? So I'll, I won't make this one super yeah. super long, but it's, uh, it's a very, very strange one. And it's been, this is one that is, I may have a more difficult time describing the whole thing because it was a long one and it was a long time ago, but it is very, very interesting. So it started off as a happy dream, and I the only thing I really remember about that was is being in the water, and this was like ocean water, right? And so I was near a beach, there was a fishing pole, and then all of a sudden I was kind of like in the water, like swimming, and I was down there, and there were like turtles and sea anemones, like coral, right? And uh -huh. so 
and it was, it was very lush and lavish and pretty and <clears throat> all of the beauty, beautiful parts of the sea. And then all of a sudden I'm like grabbing onto a sea turtle and I'm like riding it, right? Uh -huh. Which by the way, I have a friend that actually did that. Okay. Um, pretty amazing experience. But so I'm riding on this cool. sea turtle and all of a sudden it's like going faster and faster. Uh -huh. And it's, I look over and it's kind of got like wings now. Okay. And so the wings are going and we kind of like, and there's like other stuff going around and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden it like the, the, it changes and it turns into a more like palm tree tropical type of area. And we're clearly at the beach of an Island, like uh -huh. super beautiful, this and that. And so we'd like kind of crash land, not like super hard, but I get up and I'm like disoriented and I'm looking around and all of a sudden I see a smiley face in the distance. And it's like, it was like kind of big, but not, and it was changing perspective, changing size. So it was, it was walking towards me. Okay. And so it's exactly what it was, is it was literally, it was like a smiley face man. Okay. Like, was it a full body? <sighs> like, did he have like a regular body with a smiley face head? It was or more- Or did he have like stick legs? Yeah, it was more cartoonish. Okay. Think of like Lego, right? It was mm -hmm. more like Lego kind mm -hmm. of smiley face man. Um, but not as boxy, right? Mm. It was like more smooth, like what the way that Gumby looked, right? Yep. But with a smiley face. And it was like clearly like just like a coin smiley face, like your yep. traditional, like yep. you had a pin, a pendant, yep. and it was I a know, smiley exactly face. What about. So he walks up and he talks to me, but I don't, there was no, there was like no words, sure. right? It was just dream crap. Yep. And so then we're walking back and we, and I look out and there's a glass house. It's made of nothing but wood and glass. You can see the frame of the, of the, of the house. Uh -huh. And we walk up to it and it's, um, every, everything in there is glass, but it's like a shop. Right. And there was, there was like music playing. And so it was like a, like a Florida kind of style, knickknack shop right uh -huh. and i'm looking and i'm looking throughout the shelf everything is smiley faces so like you know smiley face statues and smiley face lighters and uh -huh. like everything and <clears throat> i can't remember exactly where else what else happened there but then all of a sudden the smiley faces all are kind of like talking and like arguing and then the next thing you know they're fighting but they have guns and so the proportions of the house change, the smiley face men kind of action figure type things like change and they're like shooting at each other and like shooting at me. Yeah. I just remember the glass breaking, me running out and like being chased by these kind of smiley face yeah. guys or whatever and tripping and falling, hitting my head, being disoriented again in the dream, turning around hearing everyone like the smiley faces like killing themselves yeah and then i wake up like or i don't wake up but i'm like i come kind of to and i look and there's something crawling out of the ocean no this is where it gets weird this is where it gets weird this is where it gets weird. <laughs> so it was like a crab uh-huh and i'm still kind of fuzzy right yeah from the trip or whatever and the crab walks up it's not a crab it is a hot dog <laughs> Covered in mayonnaise. Covered in mayonnaise? I think People it was- are weird. It was mayonnaise. You are, but it was like a, so it was like a hot dog cr crab, crab covered in mayonnaise. Okay. Like, like oozing mayonnaise, like mm, out of, you know, and it was delicious. like, it wasn't just like a hot dog with crab legs. It was like morphed together, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like the bun is like the carapace and yep. uh, the, in the, you know, the cat's butthole on the 
hot dog was like its one eye and mouth and <laughs> stuff. Yeah. I was like, the cat's so, bow. I was like, where do we get a cat? That's, yeah. Well, um, but no, okay, so, I got you. And then all of a sudden there's a, there's thousands of them and they're chase, they're coming at me out of the water and there's, I mean, just, that's yeah. like the nastiest thing. And like crabs are kind of nasty, dude. Crabs like, are nasty and And hot, hot dogs, dogs with mayonnaise on them. Cats, that's, cat, that's all nasty. Yeah, that's you all know? nasty. But, and then I just remember them, like I, me like freaking out, being terrified, having no idea what was, what this is, what's going on. And then they just start trying to crawl on me. And then I woke up. Oh. So thank well, I'm God. I'm glad you for woke that. up. Yeah. Uh, Cause that, yeah, that's weird. Being humped by all and these I, little hot dog crabs. I was being like, like, you know, like of a crab walking on your leg. Were you like having that, that physical feeling? I had feeling? that physical yeah, feeling. I, and I woke up and was just like scratching. I hate and, those physical feelings. Ugh. So. Because there is there's such a fine line between being awake and being asleep. Oh, yeah. It, like such a fine, it's such a fine line. Well, this has been awesome. I've got a couple more things before we need to wrap up soon. Yeah. But I remember, so you've been, for like over a decade, you've been a server and a bartender. And just in this idea, in the spirit of being a better person, I, what are a couple suggestions you would give me or listeners for how to have better experiences when they, for that would make both the experience of being a guest and for the server. When I walk into a place, yeah. I go, you know, I go to the tin plate and I would, or I go somewhere and, and I'm interacting with, what are, what are things I can do to, that would make your job easier, but would also make my experience better. So a couple of couple of uh, fairly obvious things, yeah, big things, and then a couple of petty things. Okay. Um, one thing is is like you have to remember that, it, I mean, and this is it becomes a meme. It's not meant to be memeish, yeah. But is like they're a server, not a servant, right? Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. so you know, it's a they reminder. they get told to leave their personal life and check their attitude at the door. Yeah. You can't really do that with a guest coming in, but what you can do is make sure that it's not whatever bad day you're having. Yeah. It's not being taken out on your server. And yeah. so bartenders, so there's that. And it's hard to do, especially if you're like there on common ground with a loved one that you're having a yeah. disagreement with or something. But no, I think that's, it's giving humanity to the person. Yes. Yeah. And, to um, the server. Uh, the, so there's that. Um, and just being mindful of your surroundings uh -huh. and of the fat of the job, right? So those two kind of go hand in hand, yeah. right? So like those small little petty things where you're like not paying attention when they're talking to you or just disengaged in, in general, like, yeah. you know, it dehumanizes them and it makes them feel like you're yeah. not, that they're not real, you know? Yep. Um, the petty things though... Uh, don't say you're ready to order if you're not ready to order. Yep. Okay. Okay. Just, it's just dumb. Just be ready. They got, yeah, either be ready or just pick something. All right. Yeah. Um, the, uh, don't order a water and not drink it. Okay. <laughs> I love that. Don't. Yeah. It sucks. And you get talked about the moment you leave. Not that always. That is hilarious. That is, <laughs> I never thought about that one. Not, they don't um, always talk about it, but in, in every bartender and server's mind when they're dumping that water out because yeah. they have to then go to the table and collect that water cup, right? And, and then they go can't back. stack it. They yeah, have to carry right. it separately. And they're just going, I'm okay. so glad I poured okay. this fucking water for yeah. you, buddy. Okay. Yeah, just stay yeah. hydrated. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then um, tip 20%. 20, yeah. I, yeah, 20. 20. 
Uh, and, and, I, and, and, and for, for any listener out there that doesn't tip 20%, you will never, ever, ever be expected to ever go above 20%. Okay. 20% anytime, anywhere, yeah. almost, in, almost in any scenario, the server is going to get that and be like, thank you. Yeah. And it's going to be a, 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 a genuine thank you. Yeah. And it's, it becomes expected on the server side, which is unfortunate when that gets translated to a shit server yeah. who then thinks that you are owed, that they're owed 20% yeah. because they're not. So typically not to brag, but I normally make a higher average percentage than a lot of people that I've worked with sure. in the past. Sure. And I'll give all credit to Jack Buttry on that okay. because he helped me to understand the, the weight of it when you are providing an experience for a guest yeah. when they come in and it's not nothing you know yeah and, and so, so it all kind of breaks down to again like treating each other like humans right being present being you know? present yeah and, and that's what we're expecting of a server yeah is i love when servers talk to me and when they like especially when i'm like sitting at a bar watching a game that's and by right. myself i love that and so yeah um doing it giving it back reciprocating in that way and a way to reciprocate is that 20 percent. well yes um i see that awesome well those are great so the last thing i always ask people is um what is something that you hope for elwood in the next five to ten years that you think could improve life in elwood and it could be anything a, something coming in a business coming in a a, a change in attitude or whatever um what's something you hope for elwood um my, my first initial response to that would be for it to lose its stigma. That's not really <clears throat> possible, but... And what stigma exactly are you talking about? Uh, with the KKK? With the racism? Yeah. yeah. And, I assume uh, that's what you meant. I have yeah. some stories. Maybe we can get into this at a later date. Well, yeah. Well, you're, you're coming back, don't yeah. worry. Yeah. And um, that I'll tell you about with at work, that now that I'm older, I don't feel the need to, to say I was from Noblesville. Yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not ashamed yeah. of... I don't, I don't feel guilty because I'm not a racist, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I have friends that won't come here, you know, yeah, yeah. because of it. Yep. And so I would, that'd be my, my quick, that'd be the first thing. Um, but. And that's through action. We lose that through better activities, better through uh, when people do come, they get the best experience. It's kind of like what you're yeah. talking about, serving. Like, <laughs> so we're serving people. Like, yeah, but uh, I don't believe in. 20% for reparations or anything oh, like that. No, yeah. I, it's a bad joke. But. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> I've got a lot uh, of them. Uh, but, yeah, trying to, to, yeah, to be better host when people do come. Yeah, and, and that's weird because there's actually a lot of solidarity here with this podcast being, the having the goal that it is that because essentially... And we'll get into a philosophical discussion about, you know, good and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, we'll have a good, day, but, yeah. but it is what we want for Elwood and the community. And I think actually to tie into that, that for us to lose the stigma, like you said, is for us to, better, to be better as a society. Yeah. And that means the whole of society. And that goes from the person who stole my wheelbarrow all the yeah. way up. <laughs> up to whoever's going to be mayor and then yep. you know then so tribalism and in your in group all is those things your circle gets bigger and bigger and elwood as the circle to help us do that yeah we need the resources yep so incentivizing 
art, music, uh, trades, yep. things. We are a geographical oddity in Elwood. There are no big businesses coming here because if you're in Ellick, you're going to Walmart and Anderson. If yep. you're in Tipton, you go to Kokomo, right? And then we have all of these cities that are 30 minutes away yep. that are bigger than us. Yep. So we have an opportunity though to be crafty. Yep. And so you can it. also highlight the individual oh. aspects of Love the amazing it. people in Elwood, yep. but we have to have the resources. So and facilities, here, I guess. Yeah. And here's something else that I'm, as I get this podcast going more, I'm also inviting people who don't live here anymore, who are from Elwood, when they come home to visit for Thanksgiving or whatever, stop by and we'll do a right. conversation. Because I think, too, as they as we can highlight them and those folks as well, those folks that did go off to be doctors or go off to do whatever, like, you know, like Megan Hovius went off to and worked for uh, Pete Buttigieg's uh, campaign. campaign right. uh, my buddy Clark's a doctor in Utah. Like those folks that I want to have on too, because um, that again, you're talking about expanding that community. That's just another way to expand that community. So yeah. when they're like, hopefully, they don't say they're from Noblesville. Hopefully they yeah. say they're from Elwood, Indiana. And, yes. and those little things and the just, yeah. And I and so I love that about being crafty, I think, uh, and expanding our community. I think that is a great goal. So um, is there anything else you want to, I know there's I, lots you no, want no, to talk no. about. No, no, no. I just, I just actually, I had the breakthrough. I know what we could do to get the resources. What else could we do? We just need a bigger ball of rubber bands than whoever has the current whatever town has the biggest ball of rubber bands is it alexandria is it <laughs> is it really i think so oh well, that'd I, be I'm so pretty weird sure i read about yeah well i have uh, yeah. um, <laughs> it was that was tongue-in-cheek i was being that, I was kidding. no we but we do we need uh we need something like that um <laughs> well i think we should build i think we should keep expanding the disc golf course it's a 27 holes now and I don't know what the record is for the longest disc golf course, but I think we need to get up to like 100 holes. That would be amazing. Um, and just have like the longest disc golf course. Just have little spots where if you want to, you're done, you just you can jet pop out. Off and see you later. Oh, Yo, you only want to play 56? Right. Let's pop off here. <laughs> you you want to play all pansy. 100? Keep going, keep going. Uh, but anyways, uh, you good? I'm good. I'm good too. Great. You're coming back. You. Thank, thank you, you for, very much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Yeah. Uh, la, la, la. La, la, la.